This is part one of a conversation that centres mixedness in relation to blackness. It was quite a long discussion, so I've split it into two parts. It was recorded in late 2016, so people's job descriptions might be slightly different to now. It was also recorded in the wake of the Brexit referendum, which is mentioned a few times. So enjoy part one. Welcome to Between Ourselves, a podcast that centres black women's voices speaking on topics that matter to us. For this episode, I've decided to explore the topic of mixedness in relation to blackness and what it is to be a mixed woman who identifies with the black element of their identity. I often feel that this idea of mixedness is not seen. More often the narrative is of the exotic mixed woman or the desirable, more palatable black. There are often stories of mixed people who feel they are not accepted by black people or white people and therefore they feel they sit in a separate group. For me, having grown up knowing the experiences of quote-unquote coloured people in Zimbabwe in what was then southern Rhodesia and the way mixed people were kept in a separate superior category, I feel uncomfortable with this modern desire to separate. For me, while some mixed people may experience prejudice from black people, it is not the same as the structural racism that is perpetuated by whiteness in society that ultimately means mixed people are still likely to be victim to the same types of racism that darker-skinned black people are subjected to. For me, the separation of mixedness from blackness doesn't make sense in light of the racism that we all face. Perhaps we may face it in different ways, but it is something that I think we should come together under rather than distance ourselves from each other. Joining me today are three women of mixed heritage who are here to discuss this topic. We have Amina Gichinga, a singing teacher, choir director and instrumentalist who teaches children in secondary and primary schools across London. This year she represented the group Take Back the City to stand for the City and East seat in the London Assembly elections. She was born in the UK and is of African and Chinese descent. Welcome, Amina. Hey. <laughs> uh, we also have Dr. Gabriella Beckles-Raymond. She's a senior lecturer in womanist theology, philosophy and culture at Canterbury Christchurch University and Christ College London. She did her PhD in philosophy at the University of Memphis, USA, and she is Jamaican and English. Welcome, Gabby. Hi, how are you doing? <laughs> and finally, we have Melanie Eddy, who is Bermudan. Her parents are from Bermuda and New Zealand. She is a successful London-based jewellery designer, as well as an associate lecturer on the Design MA at Central St Martins. Welcome, Melanie. Hello. So, I'm going to start off with a big question, and that is, how do you identify? For instance, I think of myself as a black woman of mixed heritage, or I'm mixed, but I'm black. What terms do you use for yourself, and is this a political decision? I think there's a difference between the terms I would use to describe myself and then how I identify. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily the same. So if someone was to ask me, then I would say mixed, but that's not necessarily how I identify. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I would say that how I identify has changed, whereas like whether people agree or not, personally I identify as black, mm -hmm. because that's, for me, once I left Bermuda, and I lived and travelled in lots of places, most of them, where black is a minority, that's how I felt I was seen, and so that's how I began to identify myself, and that's kind of how, what I've carried mm -hmm. going forward. So it might be a cause for, like, people might question that, depending on who I'm talking to, but that's kind of how I, how I self-identify, but then if someone asks me a question, then I would always say that I was mixed. Mm -hmm. So that's me starting. 
I don't actually personally describe myself with any social categories. Um, mm-hmm. If I think of myself like I'm just me, I'm just Gabby. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my personal feeling about who I am. But I want to qualify that statement and not suggest that I'm oblivious to the social forces that construct race and mixed race and all these mm-hmm. things. And so for me, any identity choices we make are always political. Mm-hmm. And it's in that understanding of structural racism that those choices need to be made and interrogated. So it's not so much um, about how I understand myself to be. It's a moral and political function of the particular context that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And then what I try to do is... Well, what one I think... I've raised the question, well, this... It's a question that's always levelled at mixed race people, you know, what are you, how are like, well, there's this burning desire to categorise people. And I really push back on that question, what do you want to know for, what difference yeah. does it make to you, why are you asking and who's doing the asking and what are the implications of, of that, yeah. you know, so that's at one level. On another level, I think the question itself is a red herring because it takes us into a direction where we begin to st- talk about our kind of personal psychological journeys mm-hmm as opposed to these structural mm. systems of domination yeah. that make being black or mixed problematic in the yeah. first place. And my attention prefers to focus on those things. So I try not to actually yeah. even get caught up in that conversation, if I can help it. <laughs> wow. Um, and I, I think the question that... Yeah, this question is great, because it's actually made me take my personal journey and sort of relate it to the mm. political uh sort of yeah the systems of oppression and everything um i i don't know i've struggled with this question though <laughs> because like today i was in a hospital and i had to fill out a form it's like my, my uh, ethnicity and then it was like black African, Black Caribbean, Black other, white, Pakistani, Bangladeshi. I was like, I'm not any, any of these. Yeah, I, yeah. And Do you that, not have the mixed one? No. It doesn't always. No, sometimes it, it does, didn't. Yeah. So I was like, mm, I guess I'm Black other to the doctor. That's what I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and I don't know, I'm really uncomfortable with it. Um, I, I guess I identify as a Black woman of mixed heritage. Um, but it's really not clear cut, <laughs> yeah. and I hate I hate having to fill out forms about, yeah. about who I am yeah. or people asking me where I'm what from, yeah. like what are you? Yeah, yeah. what are, what are you? I'm yeah. human. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just born in East London, but it's like London. funny because like, the question is yeah. always like, even if you answer it, it's not quite what they're asking. <laughs> yeah. So then it's like no, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like really trying to like. Oh, you want to know where my parents are from, yeah, like, yeah, where yeah, their yeah. parents are yeah, from, yeah. like where I'm descended from, and why I ended up yeah. here, and how they met, and yeah. you want to <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. you want to know all of that. Okay, okay. right. <laughs> the minute I say New Zealand, they assume it's Ma- like Maori. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm like, then I have to be like, no, not Maori. Like, and I'm saying, like, right, New Zealand, <laughs> but like, I don't want to yeah. get into all that. Yeah, but yeah, like, like, the his- the history yeah. of black people in New Zealand. Is yeah. that, that what you want? Yeah, like, it's just yeah. <laughs> and, and now yeah. you're like, in that racial discussion. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. 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 And then what you... Oh, yeah. there's something you searched that resonated with me, but I can't remember what it is now. Well, I actually want to pick up this point that you talked about in 
in this process of form filling because I think yeah. this is where it's brought to our attention or mm. we're made to confront it directly. And so for me, I've had a real interesting journey with this form filling since I've had kids because I've never interacted with social services or any government services other than job applications or whatever where, depending on my mood that day, I'll fill it in, you know, (laughs) whatever. Whereas in the medical context, you're almost forced to answer these questions even though technically it's your legal right not to. So I'll give you a concrete example of how this came into my life and give you many, but I'll start with this one. When I was pregnant with my second child, um, I came up borderline on the test for whether the child has Down syndrome. And I had not ticked the racial box because medically I know it doesn't make a difference, Mm -hmm. right? There isn't actually any such thing as race and it's a biological fallacy, right? So in the medical context, I don't tick anything. Mm -hmm. Because worst case scenario, I want the white version of the medical treatment, like I don't want to, <laughs> like, so better I don't take it. If my health and the health of my unborn child is at stake, yeah, yeah. then. I don't, sorry, I don't want the black version, so I just don't tick anything and you right. treat me like a human being and provide whatever medical yeah, services yeah, are available to all people, mm-hmm. right? So, because, so I hadn't ticked this racial box. And when the test came up borderline, they were like, oh, well, I didn't get a retest or I wasn't uh, eligible for the amniocentesis because I was like a couple of points on the so-called safe side of the line. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm about to have a child that yeah, could yeah. have Down syndrome. Yeah. I need to know yeah. this information. Yeah. If yes. I'm yeah. two points either side of the line, we need to do that. And I want that amniocentesis test, right? So they said no. So I said, well, why not? They and it was because I hadn't filled out this ethnicity box. So they came in and said, oh, well, if you fill in the ethnicity box, then you can get the test. What? So then you might, it might change your score. So I said, well, how is it going to change my score in terms of my access to this medical treatment? If I'm making it on borderline at the best of times, I'm making a request, right? So they said, well, you haven't checked the box. You're, you, need, you know, and they were telling me how I was supposed to identify. So I said, no, 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 no. I want the test, right? So we, I, we go through all these endless arguments with the stuff. I was like, I need to speak to your manager. So I'm going, yeah. you know, how that whole stuff goes. So I go through, eventually, this prenatal care nurse kind of overheard this conversation and kind of snuck through the door and mm. said, well, the person you need to speak to are the research scientists who actually do the tests. You can talk to them about how to get this test because I said I'm, I'm not ticking that ethnic box it's not a legal requirement you can't yeah, legally yeah. require me wow. to do so and I want that test so she kind like I say she kind of snuck in and said this is who you need to talk to so mm-hmm. I went around in circles and eventually got through to the actual medical research person who did wow. the test so I said so he was like well you know so I said well what's the relevance of this ethnic box I know enough about race theory and all these things it makes no medical difference so he said yeah you're absolutely right Mm -hmm. especially the mixed race category because the mixed race category biologically speaking is only a self-report measure so there's no biological or genetic validity to it as a category medically speaking right Mm -hmm. so you he was like you could tick that if you want but it has no bearing on the test whatsoever So I said, well, what I need you to do is tell me what box I need to tick to make that result put me on the side of the line so I (laughs) can get the test, Yeah, right? So so, (laughs) You're serious? I have this conversation, yeah, but that's absolutely true. 
And so, but like I say, he, he admitted, he said it's of no, you know, yeah. biological, racial relevance whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So he, so I said, all right, well, run the numbers. So I was on, with him on the phone. I said, all right, well, tick white, run the numbers. What does that give me? Tick yeah. mix, run the numbers. What does that give me? Tick black, run the numbers. <laughs> what that, what does me. that give me? I can't remember which one it ended up, but whichever one put me on the side so that I could get the test to make sure yeah, my yeah, child was, yeah, was yeah. okay. Then I said that one, I, and he then said, well, you, are, you do have the option not to declare the race. I can produce the report and it not publicly recognise your race. And so I said, well, yeah, d- I'll do that too. <laughs> but what was interesting to me was that these nurses and receptionists and all these people that you have to interface with never give you those options right Mm. they made it that I had to tick that box I wasn't allowed Mm. you know so you're being forced to profile yourself no but they profile you yeah because I get I I get I get um things about what is it is it like hep Hepatitis, mm, something. Yeah. Because the minute you say that you're non-white, yeah, you, then you're you all of a sudden all in a the... risk category for that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. this is ridiculous. Like, and they say, oh, you, 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 mm. you know. And and I, I realized that that's what yeah, it was because I was is, like, yeah. I've never had that like anywhere before. But yeah. here, it just comes up in their thing that they send it to everyone who's. Mm. And I think that is like absolutely it's outrageous, crazy. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you don't realize like what it like how was it bearing how deep that was. Yeah. It's deep. Yeah. But like, what gave you the confidence to feel able? to because I don't yeah. think many yeah, people would do that or know that they're able to and I and also maybe the doctors and nurses not to be in their defence but I probably think they don't even know yeah, they just feel like well, you have to fill yeah, in the form I'm just following the rules yeah, yeah. The research needs yeah. to yeah. You, it's yeah. based on your race basically exactly. we just need you if you don't give the right one then mm. we're not going <laughs> to give you the right treatment and people are taught that this is genuinely scientifically mm. relevant so I can understand that they feel that they're doing the right thing mm-hmm. um, in terms of what gave me the confidence well this is my field of research yeah. like mm. I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a philosopher who specialises in critical race theory so I yeah. know this stuff so I'm armed with tools that allows me to have those conversations but mm. that really is my objection is that one you're pregnant and you're know. stressed and you're tired yeah. and you don't want to deal with that even at the best of times but also most people do not have that confidence or, or just don't want to yeah. engage in that it's tiring it's mm. a headache yeah. every time mm. you're interacting with yeah. someone to mm. have to go through these conversations just, and just yourself. yourself also in the medical like any kind of med- for most people for me mm. any kind of medical environment I find like anxiety so it's just like anything that adds yeah. that it's just not and, and also you don't want to do something that's going to antagonize somebody who's about to be <laughs> supposedly taking care of you yeah. for, what, for whatever yes. reason so it's like you yeah, know arguing with the waiter about your food right is yeah. it yeah. 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 not the time like, <laughs> yeah. 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 like that, that's not you know finish your that's food that's not and true sauce anymore yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. you know yeah so you don't so me but like I say because it's my field of research and I'm an ethicist it, it drives me nuts yeah. this mm. is the kind of stuff I write about but like I say, this process is of having kids has put me more in contact mm. with these services that you have than I have ever been before, and it's been a really, even for me, very eye-opening yeah. experience. Mm. Yeah. And what would be like then your tip then if you're trying to engage with someone, not not just a yeah. doctor, but like how do you? 
how do you avoid the question when they ask you where you're from? You say, well, I'm not going to yeah. buy into scientific notions of yeah. race. Like, how in practice are you doing that? And have you had really bad reactions? Yeah, yeah, I have. I don't, um, okay, so number one, I think it's to know what your legal rights are. In this country, it is unlawful for anyone to require you to declare your race. There has to be legally a box that says prefer not to say or whatever, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So you have to first know that no matter what that person over the phone or at the desk is telling you, yeah. you don't actually have to subscribe to that at all. And mm-hmm. that's and that's your right number one. So that's the absolute bottom line of it. Secondly, again, I think it's about arming yourself with information. So with regard to health, mm. um, like I say, there's just more genetic variants within races, so-called races, than there is mm. in between races. Mm. Mm. In 1952, the UN declared that, you know, this biological notion of race was a fiction. So Mm. the fact that we're using it in 2016 Mm. as if it has some kind of concrete biological or genetic meaning is deeply problematic, you know. Mm. So partly as it is arming yourself with that information. I think the third thing is having a certain kind of consciousness about you that, look, whatever you tick, that's not actually going to shift the structural dynamics that make these labels mean something to somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so in any given moment, if it's your personal life choices, you have to figure out how to get the best for yourself in that situation. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, it's to begin to reflect on and think about, well, how are these structural forces maintained? Mm -hmm. You know, what gives legitimacy to this the, the kinds of forms that we have to fill. Why isn't there a African and Chinese box? Why are there mm. any boxes? Yeah. Mm. Does having no boxes actually make a difference? Because in France, obviously, they I don't record race, and it's still oh, really but yeah, yeah, they don't. But it's still but it's more so racist bad. over there. So, yeah. so, so the point is, is that yeah. form or no form, that actually is a lot that shifts things. Like, like, yeah, but, yeah. But do you think, in oh. contrast to that, because I kind of felt like we recently had a French team over, and they were saying that mm. like it's illegal to yeah. ask people. Yeah. yeah. But then that means that you know black people in france don't yeah. have access to that yep. data yeah so i fill in that form because i mm. i suppose i want to be recognized yes. or seen i suppose and i understand taking a political stance mm. on it and you're not willing to buy into those notions but what do you say to the argument of like well then how do we get numbers or are you distrustful mm. of this idea of getting those numbers on people well, no, I, like I say, I don't not tick or tick it very much. Depends, oh, yeah, depends for me. It the... absolutely depends on my strategic assessment, and I'm not always right. I don't know what the long-term mm-hmm. outcomes mm-hmm. are going to be, but for me it's always a strategic manoeuvre, and, and I think you raise an excellent point, um, because one of the dilemmas that black people are put into is that if you don't tick your name, then there are certain state-based resources mm. and fundings and monies that are attached mm-hmm. to these categories. Mm-hmm. And if you don't tick mm-hmm. that box, mm-hmm. then you're not counted for and the money that could go into programs mm. that he- supposedly like help our community mm-hmm. just are not available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if you do tick it, you reify this notion of race that mm-hmm. we know mm-hmm. is a fiction yeah. and is socially constructed <laughs> in the first place so you're kind of in a lose-lose situation what you do which is part of what I really I guess drives my desire to opt out of that whole framework and figure out well how do we mobilize amongst ourselves and with our allies to just shift this whole system because the truth is as long as you're operating within it you you don't win either way Mm, mm. you know but I think that that's those structural 
concern um, or kind of frameworks that we're forced into mm. are not the same as how we choose to articulate our own identities. Mm. They're not the same as notions of black power and the strength in black identity. So mm. I'm not an anti-identity person, mm. right? I'm for, well, we need to have our own agency in determining who we see ourselves to be. So don't call me BME. I don't want to hear that. That's the mm. category you created mm. yeah, to yeah. lump anyone mm. who's not yeah, white yeah. and English in a box mm-hmm. together and mm. push to the side. So I'm not into black British. Again, mm. it's yeah. a government category that is designed to marginalise people in certain ways. But I am for, well, how do we, how do we want to understand ourselves? Mm. How do we want to express mm. ourselves in the world? How do we want to mobilise is there an identity that helps us mobilise, mm. you know, for social justice? If we can get that, yeah. then, you know, I'm all for it. Mm. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I think that, like, well, I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but for me, I feel like o- over time, as I've grown, I've come, come in and out of periods of times when it's been, like, more, like, it's been kind of more fraught and times mm. when it hasn't. So when I was younger and I was in Bermuda, because of the racial makeup of Bermuda, right, like, right. I didn't really feel like I had to like state anything I was just melanin you know I was just yeah, melanin just, and then obviously I thought like, you were going to say I was just melanin Seen as like, were you questioned on your identity growing up in Bermuda? Or everyone is 
Yeah. Has I mean, they were seen as Bermudan. Yeah, and like, but the thing is as well is that like, even though I was mixed, and like, maybe it, it will come down to the question, and like, you know, occasionally people will be like, oh yeah, Melanie's mixed because like mm-hmm. her mom is this or that. But like, it was never like it was just like because there's a lot of people that are like brown. Yeah. Like brown yeah. is a majority. Yeah. <laughs> and there's like varying degrees <laughs> of brown. Yeah. And so it's like I, I nobody just, really yeah. need, needs feels the need to identify the brownness because you're yeah. just brown. Just the brown. And, like, and, I, and I think that's such a good point because one of the things that I think we need to be really mindful of is that racial categories are different at different times in yep. history and in different, different countries, spaces. right? And different spaces. What remains consistent is racial injustice, right? Yes. Yes. That's wherever you are, you can get some of that, right? But how people are labeled can can be different. And that's why, for me, the the kind of conversation that falls out of this and the mainstream mixed race conversation that's Mm -hmm. going on now, that's why, for me, it's a red herring, right? Mm -hmm. Because there are different social contexts that give rise to these labels. so, so my husband, for example, is from Trinidad, so it's a majority black country, but again, I'm very yeah. mixed in its um, so-called racialized groups and ethnicities. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, he ca- he became black when he came to America, not because yeah, yeah. he's not black as we would understand it, how mm. he's racialized, yeah, yeah. but in terms of the label. And I said, well, yeah, that's because, because in America, yeah. right, it's yeah. a majority yes. white yeah, yeah. or at least majority yeah, non-black nice country. And you are other. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. not yeah. that you don't see your yeah. but because as a person but it's those social yeah. structural circumstances that gives rise to very particular yeah. kinds of terminology and I think the danger is is this association as you kind of I think you've both touched yeah. on is the association with a particular label with a particular political or moral stance mm-hmm. and those yeah. two don't always map on you can be very dark and very black and mm. very uninterested in an mm. anti-black yeah. racist yes. agenda mm. you yeah. can you know you yeah, can exactly. be very mixed of everything you want to be mixed of mm. and have a social consciousness mm. that is yeah. about black liberation yeah. right yeah. so yeah. for me I'm interested in less in your label, but more in, well, what's your moral stance? That's exactly mm. what I was going to say. Like, yeah. that's what I would, that's the question yeah. I want to mm. ask. Mm. Yeah. And also, like, this idea of, um, like, because I get this all the time, like, when, when, once people, once in a conversation, because of the kind of work that I do, and, like, you know, being in an academic yeah. setting, often there's, like, question, like, whether it's, like, from the teaching perspective or from the student yeah. perspective, there's often questions around, like, you know, cultural, like, how the, how your culture, how your societal influences um, influence your work. Yeah. And so yeah, there's always yeah. these questions about that. And then these debates come up. And then the minute you engage in a conversation and you talk about your experience and people are, like, look at you, they're like, oh, really? Because, like, oh, I'm like, and because you just don't fit into any notions I of blackness yeah, that they have. So all of a You're sudden, it's like, like the others. no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, That and like literally, I have to like actually like I have to like say it with the love, out with the hate. (laughs) (laughs) I have to actually say it to myself (laughs) because it's like really difficult when you're like to be like calm and not be like you know like Mm, it's really hard. And I'm just like, well, I think you're fine. Yeah, (laughs) as many types of blackness. Like they don't. If you, I feel like you have to. It's it's hands awful, but you have to 
somehow give a response that allows them to take something in mm. and hopefully like even though it's been distressful distressing for you and yeah. an upsetting experience hopefully the benefit will be that they will understand something eyes. new yeah. about what this like kind of narrow like perception yeah. that they had probably not but but you, but, you know try yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. i've had that a lot on the political campaign trail <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 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 Just not understanding. Just like being like you're not like the others. You're you're dip. You know. Um. I in my head, I'm like, you didn't like my dad when he came over in 1965. (laughs) That's the kind of person you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. The person that's fresh off the boat. You Mm -hmm. know, and like Mm -hmm. quotation. You know, you like me because I I speak like you. Mm -hmm. I was born in East London like you. You know, but. And you're telling me stories about how people are, uh, people like this are spitting in the street. They don't queue for the bus like we used to. But don't worry, you're different. (laughs) You're different. You're like, you're like us. And I'm like, am I supposed to be feeling comforted? I wouldn't lie myself with this genealogy. Do you know what I mean? But then also with age as well. I think age is a a pace because Mm. mainly the people that I engage with with that view are Mm -hmm. older, you know. Mm. And so I'm like okay, I'll just leave you because there's no, there's not even any yeah. point in going, mm-hmm. and you don't even leave the house now. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's no... <laughs> yeah. And that's actually a really good point though because one of the things that frustrates me about the conversation around racism and labelling and what have you in Britain is that racism gets cashed out as a personal attitude, mm. right? So the individual mm. old guy who's mm. in it from East London, who's in his house rocking, dreaming of the 1930s mm. when everything was fabulous, mm-hmm. you know, he, that person gets framed as the racist, right? Yeah. Mm. But racism is actually not about our individual prejudices and attitudes. It's mm-hmm. about structural systems that mm-hmm. perpetuate mm-hmm systems of equality and processes and policies that marginalize certain Mm -hmm. groups based on these characteristics and so again for me it's about let's target the conversation or direct the conversation Mm -hmm. at the right target because Mm -hmm. we can leave old man at home right we can let him sit in his chair and and think what he's thinking and he doesn't have the power to affect my day Mm -hmm. but the government structures <coughs> label people that assign money according to those census boxes mm-hmm. that we and take. Also and also give who, visas to students yeah, from certain places if, way over other places more if, readily exactly. <laughs> so you can't get your... Yeah, and who economically yeah. marginalise people and, and even thinking when we're talking about Caribbean and Africa or the global yeah. south more generally, the foreign policies and the economic policies mm. that exploit those countries. Yeah, mm. our understanding of who's an immigrant as yeah. opposed mm. to a migrant or an expat. expat. It mm. is yes. these mm. are the things Definitely. where the racism conversation mm. needs to be had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not about do I personally want you as my neighbour or to marry your mm. daughter, mm. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Um, circling back to what you're saying around race being a fiction, and I totally, obviously, agree with that. But it's really nice or refreshing to hear you say that, but then attach the bit on the end because usually when I've been in academic spaces, mm-hmm. main actually not not only but mainly white academics yeah. go along with that notion. Well, yeah. race is a fiction, so why are we buying into it when we? And I, I'm like, but I want to talk about the Black Power movement <coughs> or I want to talk about Galveyism, but then they're like, no, 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 no. It's a fiction. We can't reify it. So I think that um, 
it's good that you're able to recognise that, but also make that um, other correlation. Have you had experiences with academics that want to stay in that place where race is just a fiction and, and that's it? Uh, yes, I mean, of course, it, it's the mainstream narrative. And I think that this is one thing that we, in whether it's academic circles or otherwise, again, we have to be very conscious of that there are certain ideas that get instant uptake yeah. among privileged white folks and, mm. and people with structural power and for me I'm immediately suspicious mm. of why that is mm. so if yeah. you're interpreting the biological fact that race is unreal mm. as a get out of jail free question <laughs> yes. 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 which is racism yeah. it doesn't exist then you're missing the absolute point of yeah. that yeah. information right yeah. just because it's not biologically real doesn't mean that it doesn't have structural and very real lived and material and material, yeah. material yeah. social yeah. effects and I think that's the bit they don't want to engage with at all yeah of course and I just take that to be in bad faith either okay. for me and I think this is one of the mythologies of academia or really actually of the liberal understanding of the self which mm -hmm. suggests mm -hmm. that if we rationally debate issues we can present a certain you know mm -hmm. if we present a fair and logical argument mm -hmm. someone will change their mind because we've reasoned with them sensibly mm -hmm. and and so the idea to liberation is education yeah. edu and yeah. god knows i'm a lecturer i'm a fan of education <laughs> right? i'm not anti-education but the idea that we change our minds through rational argument is deeply flawed yeah racism is about the most illogical mm. idea mm. you can mm. hold on to yeah. i mean the the propositions and claims you yeah. have to accept in order to hold a white supremacist worldview a fantastical in every regard and so, right and, and, and yet they remain the yeah. dominant systemic yeah. ideology mm -hmm. and so an academic who's got a PhD or whatever level of I education so even of a perfectly people. ordinary yeah. person with oh. any common yeah. sense can draw from the idea that race isn't real that now we don't have to talk about racism mm. I just mm. think that's just disingenuous yeah. And, and yeah, that's also, a moral position yeah, to me it's yeah, not an intellectual yeah, one but you're telling and me there's also this idea of also freedom this idea of freedom of thought and freedom of expression yeah. causes a lot of problems as well because mm -hmm. i remember yeah. when i was in canada there was a professor a tenured professor at my university who had you know all these like weird theories that he and he was like you know to do with like head size and like oh, like God. you know all this crazy <laughs> stuff no, it's and no it's no it's ridiculous and he was so he was so um like kind of like like despised and like whatever that he yeah. actually lectured like back at a time when it wasn't common lectured mm. like remotely like by oh, video wow. like, because <laughs> he was a pioneer <laughs> of virtual yeah, yeah. education because he was fear yeah that's how like but oh, um, we had a debate in like i can't remember what class it was if it was like something to do with research methodology oh anyway, we had a mm. debate in this class and he came up and like people in the class were like actually being like were actually like oh well you know this perspective, I'm like, no, 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 sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. You cannot take the racist perspective. Yeah. That's not an option. In the name of it's, not like, it's not like a type of approach yeah, to research. Not, yeah. like, what is wrong yeah. with you? Yeah. Like, the people think they're like, no, 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 everybody's allowed. I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no. <laughs> no you can't. No. Like, like, you have to put your foot down somewhere. Like, no, like, I literally, my blood pressure was like, through the roof of the like I was just like no I'm not taking any of this this is yeah. ridiculous because people were like debating it as if it was like Something you know taking it from different like a different research no, like no, a pro no, I was like no, no it's not no. 
it belittles your experience. Yes. It, and and that's one thing I found with academics who are doing this rational, rationalized, yes. yeah. universal perspective. Yeah. It's like they're not able to see that experience. Like you, and they don't want to listen. Mm. It's too uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 to yeah. listen. That's the yeah. thing. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm just baffed because like this is a new world for me. Mm. I'm baffed because <laughs> I'm like. You're so smart. Mm. Yeah, you're so smart. You're so intelligent. You've read yeah. so many books. Why can't you just listen? listen. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So hard for you. Yeah. <laughs> and what you were saying on that, like, I read this book called The Emotional Politics of Racism mm. How Trump, How Feelings Trump Facts in an Era of Color Blindness by mm. Paula Ionida. But that was fascinating. Yeah. I will send you the book. <laughs> I would um, love that. In my but life. it was really interesting how people feel like if you have a discussion about it they'll mm. get it but I think that it's not something logical anymore yeah. it's this internal feeling that they've justified somehow yeah. and that I kind of feel like on a certain level it has to be a personal experience that changes that not that it's our role to do that but I mean even if you see it look at Brexit right yeah. people who are out there in the sticks mm. who probably don't have any as much interaction with people who are of different quote-unquote yeah. races yeah. as them were more likely to vote, vote out and I kind of feel like if you're having more hopefully if you're having more interday uh, you know everyday interactions with black humans that at a certain level yeah. you you are you see their humanity I hope but there's so many nuances I mean, that people don't understand that are not like not the big big ones mm. but like little nuances like the fact that still to this day most women in certain professional contexts feel the need to process their hair in a certain way mm-hmm. to be like and there are still play, there are still kind of certain jurisdictions where if you don't it, it's going to be like difficult like and like that's a crazy thing like people yeah. don't understand like how who that's, else that's put real. up with that like that's and that's real. a real thing yeah. and that sounds yeah. like something really like minimal but the fact is how that affects you personally what financially that means for you what that means for your children if you decide that you don't want your children to do that and they yeah. see their you know you, you being different is that and like and that's a whole opens up a whole and it sounds like a trait people think it's a trait thing because it's like a hairstyle but it's not no, it's but like, i think you're right because racism is about your quality of life yeah and exactly as you were saying we have to listen to each other's experiences because yeah. it is through our experience that we feel the force of political and social marginalization I do think that we have to be very mindful of the social interaction hypothesis as a route to solving racial justice. And precisely because (coughs) Britain's a wonderful example of that, right? Mm -hmm. I'm wary of the kind of stereotype that, oh, people who don't mix with black people or people who are from the sticks or wherever Mm. are more racist than people in London. Because the reality is, is that London is the engine that drives the UK, right the policy decisions Mm. are made in the parliament in westminster right Mm. just Just up the road from notting hill you know what i mean so so i'm very suspicious of this oh people outside don't get it maybe they're more overtly kind of they're less pc yeah yeah they're maybe they're less pc but the ultimate ideology remains the same it's an institutionalized mentality and so I think one of the questions about this kind of emotionally emotional content of racism is interesting to me in the sense that I think a person whose whole identity mm. is premised on whiteness, where whiteness means I'm superior to anyone who's racialized in another direction, mm-hmm. if 
the substance of who you feel you are. If, if whiteness means that you're a good person, you're morally superior, you're intellectually superior, mm. you are, um, ju- you know, more... Also more British. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah <laughs> exactly, yeah. Let's that's not forget that's about that one, sorry. To be that's <laughs> that you belong, that your sense of community even though, is linked. Even though as, as, a colon- yeah. as a Bermuda colony, I've been British since the day right, of birth. Exactly. Have a choice I'm about, like not yeah. really that British. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, if British... And, mm-hmm. and I want to distinguish Englishness especially yeah. means to be white. Mm-hmm. Then it's the fear of that loss of self mm-hmm. that I think dr- drives people to hold on to that racism stronger than anything else. Because mm-hmm. if you get your sense of self from other things, if you just feel good about who you are mm-hmm. and understand your identity and your purpose yeah. in life to matter and it's based on something, it doesn't require the denigration or your superiority over somebody else. Yeah. You can then open your mind to the fact that this world is spectacularly unfair, mm. right? Mm. <laughs> to people mm. of colour, yeah. right? You can then the idea that, oh, people of colour are not at the lowest rung on education and income and all these things because of some intrinsic feature they have, mm-hmm. but rather because of these structural Structures. systems mm. that are making but it that people way. Don't- they are no, they ob- not only oblivious to it, but they, they, they only see racism as a very specific kind yes. of behavior. And, and they, they don't yeah. think that their behavior no, yeah. could in any way, could in any way be near or contribute yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if it's protectionist, they just think it's protectionist. Yeah. They don't think it's... They that it has a deeper, that as a deeper, yeah, as a deeper, like, mm. un- you know, problem. It's that's actually yeah. hurtful to engage with that yes. with someone, yes. especially, like, friends I've had who yeah. don't understand that they are complicit in, yes, in it. And, yeah. and then me trying to explain that alongside mm-hmm. other uh, my white friends who are yeah. also trying to explain it, but me yeah. being centred as a yeah. person that is or the divisive person. Be, it's yeah. it's aware, like it's incredibly hurtful. Of the, of like, the white privilege. Like yeah. not being aware of that, yeah. of wh- what, that, what that means. And it doesn't just, it, it doesn't just mean that things come just like mm. being completely unself-aware mm. about that mm. and that's the problem like but uh, and, and again i like yeah. i say I'm, I'm suspicious of a lot of things in this system now don't let me um mm. not confuse the point but i think people don't know don't obviously in school we don't learn yeah. the histories of different people and, and again how fantastic is that britain as a country whose empire who they say the sun never set on the english empire how is your curriculum so spectacularly narrow yeah. and so non-inclusive <laughs> and devoid of every territory you touched? I mean, it's you know Stuart Hall called that that you know kind of historical amnesia, right? Mm. But at the same time, and this is my kind of litmus test: if mm. you're in a room of people racialized as white, and you ask them, "Would you want to be black in England today?" If you could change mm. your skin color and your hair texture and all mm. the rest of it no and be treated that. like a black person mm. in England. Would there be a rush of hands? Oh, me, me, me! Mm, I want to be. Mm. No, there wouldn't. So, and at even the, the ones that do level, don't understand actually what the, that means. It's it's more from run a... the test. No one's calling for that <laughs> switch, right? So, to me, that lets you know that somewhere along the line, people are aware. They know yes. being black is is not helpful mm. in this particular context. Mm. So, do you know the whole of black history? No, you don't. But I mm. don't believe that that's necessary, right? What does it take for me to shift a racist ideology? I don't need actual lived examples. I don't have to explain to you my experiences and how awful it is Mm. for my father's generation or or whatever it is. Just take the premise 
human beings are equal. Mm. It's a philosophically theoretical yeah. idea, right? Mm. I don't actually, yeah. because to ask me for the evidence that, you know, you always get this around immigration. Oh, yeah. the immigrants have contributed so much to our yeah. society. Economic you have to justify <laughs> economically yeah. your yeah. equality. Mm. Yes. How about we take it as a yeah. philosophical given? It's an mm. a priori, you know, you mm. were saying, to, it's an a priori premise. Nobody is superior to anyone else. I don't have to hear yeah. your whole history mm. to mm. accept that as a premise. Mm. Do you see what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I think this notion yeah. again of that we have to somehow educate people mm. not to... Why can't you just take just that as a yeah. given? Yeah. When I meet you, just a human being like me, there's, mm. there's nothing to suggest that you're inferior mm. as a human being. And why do I have to... Oh, you know, but did, did you know in Africa we had kings and queens? Did you know the Egyptians? Yeah. Did mm. Why do I have to go through... Yeah, all of that like, to prove my humanity yeah. to you. Mm. Or, or not even just your, your humanity, your, your worth. Your worth. Your contribution shouldn't have to be yeah. like qualified by those things. Like yeah. if you are I'm just you're contributing as whatever context but you're I'm in. I'm just here as a human being on yeah. this planet, God's green earth. I'm just here like everyone else. Yeah. 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 But I've also had situations where people are completely like insensitive to like mm. the context. So mm. like I've been in like because I've worked in um well even though from a jury background I've worked in contexts like like for instance libraries, specialist yeah, libraries right, that right. also hold a lot of um other other artifacts and other artifacts. Yeah, also other um kind of historical documents like going back so you have some like there's somebody did like a, a search for some family like document or whatever mm. and um a colleague was pulling out you know stuff and it was like oh yeah and then and then he he decided that he thought it was like a fascinating tale for some reason and he was like yes um yeah that family is really interesting and then they you know something to do with like land in in the west indies or whatever and you know and then it was sold and whatever he's like yes and they did really well and i'm like yes i'm sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, thank you. <laughs> like, you wow. know, they would have been yeah. paid when uh, when everything finished. Yeah. And then and I'm just like, and he's like taking it to me. Like, I should be like... Be happy should, for the... Yeah, yeah, I'm like, oh, isn't this an exciting story? I'm like, no, it's nah. not an exciting story. Why are you telling me yeah. this? Like, can you not see? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, and you know I'm from Bermuda. Like, what? Yeah. I'm a descendant of slaves. Yeah. I don't want to hear yeah, about yeah, this yeah. person who's found yeah, who's made out well. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, destruction. Like, I'm just like, oh, but people don't think. Goodness. They really don't think. And they're just like... I'm just like, are you kidding? Like, <laughs> but that happens so many, like, so many yeah. times where people just like. Sometimes it's like it's like they notice it when it's mm. important mm. Yeah. to them. Yeah. But then, like, how could you not notice? Like, you know, and I'm like a brown yeah. girl all this other time. But then, at that particular situation, you didn't stop and think. Yeah. Maybe uh-huh. she's not the person I tell this little anecdote. Yeah. To. <laughs> <laughs> privileged to be black do you have you ever had that like you, are you pri- privileged to be mixed oh or yeah like, like yeah, yeah like, like yes yeah. i was told at a dinner table at some sort of conference thing mm. that uh i should feel grateful that i am exotic 
like oh, yeah. I should oh, feel grateful Lord. to be that I'm don't different. even talk about I can't be put in, like, I'm just gonna in, a, in a box no, I was like like this person who was telling you this I can't say that I won't no, say no, that the person. I mean like <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. 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 oh right this is interesting as well yeah. how, how is this is interesting because she's essentially a white woman okay but she identifies as uh, a woman of colour. Oh, I don't Because she was born. <laughs> called them Rachel. That was ass. It's not because she was, <laughs> she was born in Southeast Asia. So okay. she, she sees herself as, yeah. Okay. So anyway, but then it was like. Yeah, yeah, she's, <laughs> yeah. yeah no, I can. And she's like yeah. teaching in schools and she's like. Yeah. All the black children in the school are really cool and confident, and that's God, what it's yeah, about. All the, yeah, the yeah. white kids, God. they just want to be black. You know, it must be great being. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, and I was just like, wow. Yeah. You know, I was, yeah. in, I was in the middle of my pie. Just yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> let me carve oh, out this pie over now. You know, I was like, yeah. um, but yeah, the but actual reality, everyone yeah. wants the, 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 everyone wants to be a Rihanna, they want the, the yeah, diamond yeah. she has, they want yeah. the lifestyle, they want all of that, they want the music that she's making, but they don't want the reality yeah, of being yeah, yeah, exactly. black in this world, you know, yeah. or whatever, you know, like, mm -hmm. that's the truth, and, and she was like, but it's great, isn't it, you've got different options of how you can oh, be, you know, you can, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was just it's like, Chris is so yeah. problematic, really yeah. or, when you, or when you're on a date, like, when you're on a date with a guy, yeah. and then like or you don't and then you hear later oh yeah it's always been like my mixed girls have always been like my thing oh, like, what does that oh, mean no. are you like, <laughs> you're just like oh like you know and it's like and then they go into a whole thing no no listen then they go into a whole thing like well normally they're really picky and they only you have to have this and this and you have to make this much and have this kind of car oh, and all the stuff so like, and i'm like so you're saying i'm like adapt i'm adapting experiences growing up in terms of how you self-identified so did how you self-identified change as you got older i don't think i really knew what i was okay i had no i don't is that because you're like i don't know many people who are mixed black and asian and yeah. do you think that's quite a different experience like even on the mixed i don't yeah. think i've seen like on the mixed black scale and i think it's more like common in like the West Indies, yeah. And yeah. I, yeah, like quite a few people think I'm. Well, <laughs> there's a few different places, but Bahamas, like yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like people oh. think I'm yeah. from there and stuff. But just growing up, like my mum being Chinese and so, like looking very different from me. Uh, <laughs> but she looks like, so similar. Like, she, 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 she looks similar, like but then. She doesn't, like, especially as a baby, I don't know, like, she used to take me to the park mm -hmm. and stuff, and, like, she had a few times where people thought she was my nanny, mm. rather oh, than wow. being yeah, my mum, mm. like, yeah. so I don't know, I ha I've, I've had a really weird relationship with it, like, my dad being Kenyan 
was very like proud of my hair and oh, stuff right. yes, yes, so yes. because yeah. like being mixed and like no one else apart from me and my sister are mixed in this mm-hmm. way or yeah. other ways in our family mm-hmm. um and be like your hair is yeah. so long and it's beautiful and it grows mm-hmm. so he'd be like to my mum he was like you need to let her wear her ha- hair yeah. out and then he'd like take me around to shops with it you know like yeah, and, then, yeah. and then all the the people in the kenyan community come around yeah. and touch my hair and Aww. so i grew up with a sense of my hair is stunning you know yeah. like my hair is beautiful which is kind of great in in some ways yeah. it's like, even though it's kind of coarse and like um, curly and wild, if you want to call it that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what everyone else called it, crazy hair, whatever. Yeah, I look like Mel B from Spice Girls. I'd always be put into that category. Yeah, you always put into Mel and I'm Bernie yeah. as well. So I was like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm going to Spice Girls. And my hair when it's out is like done. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I used to brush out. My mum didn't understand. Mm, yeah. Do not brush your hair out. Just yeah. like curls be. Yeah, exactly. It must have been an absolute. For a Chinese woman to like, yes, with curly. Oh my lord, yeah. But you know, ha- me and my sister, <laughs> you know, I don't know what that journey was like yeah. for my mum. I will actually discuss this with her. Yeah. yeah. But like, I, I just didn't really affiliate with being Chinese, mm-hmm. if I'm honest. And yeah. I still, that is the more distant mm-hmm. identity to me mm-hmm. to this day. Yeah, yeah. And like, even hearing about my my mum and dad, uh, meeting and, and they were both nurses. And that's where they came to this country after the war and all of that stuff. So that's how they met. Um, and just hearing about my mum's family's uh, <laughs> uh, sort of reaction mm. to hearing about my yeah. dad being a black man uh, was it's quite upsetting because they yeah. didn't like it. Mm. And but then they met him and everything was great. They yeah. were like showering him in gifts and yeah. stuff, you know. Yeah. But it took for that to happen for them mm. to accept. Yeah. So then for me, it's like a kind of it, it's yeah. a weirdness and like no Chinese person ever knows that I'm Chinese. I was going to well. say. So yeah. if I whip out the yeah. Cantonese, they're like, oh wow, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If I'm a bit pissed, which I quite enjoy, you know. Yeah, like, yeah. But th- that's the fact as well, isn't it? I could mm. play on the different parts of my yeah, identity yeah, yeah. And, and use that privilege in mm. different ways, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. yeah? Do they that's, accept yeah. that though? So, say you mm. were to speak but to them in Cantonese, are they then accepting of you being Chinese, or is it still? It depends who I talk to, okay. and it's like sometimes it's like no, you're not, you're not, and even like fully Chinese mm-hmm. people here, yeah. like or like even my mum actually is not accepted really as a Chinese person on the mainland. Oh, like okay. even yeah. our family came from China, like. Uh-huh. And 1920s, 1920s, 1930s, or whatever. She's from Singapore. Yeah, she's from Singapore. Okay. So it's like, it's really, it's just crazy because the way then she speaks Cantonese, and if she was to go to Hong Kong, they're like, you're not from here. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just like, it's just mixed up. That's why also, I'm like, you're liberating me right now. (laughs) 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 You're so liberating me. Ethnicity and racial differences are spoken as if it's something that only applies to black people or something from the African diaspora. And the truth is, is that there are ethnic minorities across Europe. I mean, you know, there are across Asia, there are, you know, kind of different groups of people across the entire world. And this kind of 
ifness. It's bullshit. Yeah, you know, it, it's yeah. a Because they don't identify, they don't relate. My mum going to China is yeah. like, oh, different yeah, people. There's you know, like, <laughs> different cultures. Yeah, that's why I said, yeah, within different. China, yeah, yeah. it's a massive country yeah, yeah. with yeah. loads of different yeah, ethnic groups. Yeah, yeah. They only get lumped into one box. Well, in America, or, yeah, and yeah. Africa, you know, there's like multifaceted, you know, radically diverse yeah. continents get subsumed into African or yeah. Caribbean or Asian mm. because yeah. the defining factor is always, oh, well, you're not white. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's well, right. why yeah, you're non white. In the Caribbean or in, like, mm. you know, Britain or America that we have yeah. that one group is because everybody came as slaves and they all got mixed. <laughs> yeah. So they lost like, that link to, like, their, yeah. you know, that ancestor yeah. kind of space, mm. and that's the only reason why it's like a blanket statement, but it doesn't actually have any bearing on their their actual heritage, their heritage, right. and where they've originated. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I, yeah. I think this question of you know what do you identify with growing up? Because I feel similar to you for but for different reasons. I think we don't think of ourselves in racialized terms when you're in mm. primary school. You don't have that mm. vocabulary. You've mm. not been indoctrinated. Especially yet. in London. Yeah, especially in yeah. London. But even, like, I grew up in West Hampstead, a largely, you know, area racialised as white, and so there was only a couple of us, you know, mm. in the school. But you don't think in terms of, oh, I'm black today or I'm mixed today. That's yeah. not how no. kids in primary no. school don't have that language yeah. or that set of beliefs mm. at that age. What you do notice and what I noticed was I noticed and heard these stereotypes that underpin the way my mum talked about my dad. I noticed that the black boys in our school were often put in academic groups lower than what they should have been. I noticed noticed that in our neighbourhood, the parents in our street always figured, and especially my younger sister was the force that was leading their precious little children round, you know, down the wrong path as Uh, if their kids never made a mistake by mm. themselves. It was, you know, those... They'd have to be led. So I didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't, we didn't have the language to describe it, right? But you could could see, yeah, yeah, if you were, uh, yeah, 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 you could see the patterns of behaviour. I could see that when it came to GCSEs, the, like I say, the black boys who started with me in year one had been expelled and excluded and suspended Mm. And that black girls were ignored and, Mm. you know, were never even in the conversation. So I didn't have the language I now have now to describe what those Mm. experiences were. So, Mm. you know, I didn't articulate Mm. it in the same way, but I saw it Mm. and I noticed it. And it certainly shaped my understanding of myself and the paths I I think I've taken. Yeah, I think for me, it was really different because because in Bermuda, it was Mm. like black majority so I think and also even though I'm even though I mixed my my dad's from New Zealand but he's kind of like he was like almost like a like an like an island Mm -hmm. in the midst of it yeah (laughs) like like all my family in Bermuda is black like my dad's friends closest like his closest mates were black Mm -hmm. guys so it was just like there wasn't really like I had family and I would go and visit family in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and I had family there and I have family now that I still visit but I didn't feel like like they were family, but I didn't feel like identified with them necessarily yeah. as a part of me. Yeah. Although I remember when I was younger being very like kind of um, like protective or very kind of like defensive about when people made comments about white people, and I would mm. just be like, "Well, that's like I'm part, yeah. you know." Because mm. I, th- but on the other hand, I felt like that. About yeah, my Chinese. Yeah, side. I felt yeah. like very much like that um, when I was younger when I was in Bermuda because I felt like, and I think that's because I, in a way, I knew like that. 
as I got older, I knew that, for instance, like, there were some elements of my mom's family that didn't really accept my father. Mm. So, Mm. like, there were people that didn't come to their wedding because they didn't really agree, like, on her marrying him and stuff like that. Um, Whereas, like, she was really worried about his family. Mm. And it was, like, the opposite. They, like, loved my mom. They loved my nana. Like, they, like, they, whenever we traveled, my nana had a friend of hers that used to travel. Like, they were, like, so, like... They talk, they, his family talk more to my mum than they yeah. talk to him and my dad. Like, and they make more fuss over my brother and me and my yeah. mum than like him. And he's like their blood relative. So they're yeah. like, oh, forget about Russell. Yeah. Hey, Marie! Yeah. Hey, Melody Hodges! And how's it going? Like, so it was like, so it was a bit like of a, you know, but it was, mm. but it's, it's interesting because like you said, like, and then as things, as you get older and things kind of change. And like for me very much, it wasn't until um, I, and but even though I was in that setting, around yeah. like I didn't feel like I had to I wasn't necessarily black but that's yeah. just all the people that I was around yeah, that's your you know yeah. but then yeah, like that's but then it was yeah. only when I yeah. went to like you know abroad and mm. then I realized that's when I actually began to like take mm. on that identity because that yeah. was the one that was most comfortable to me because those yeah. were the people that were my people so yeah. it was like it wouldn't make sense for me to like there was yeah. another, another place for me to put myself necessarily mm. yeah like and I think weird. part of this kind of idea that people racialized as mixed somehow have this kind of radical free choice about yeah. what they identify yeah. as is part of the fiction of this kind oh, yeah. of detached totally liberal ideal right so mm. you can call yourself whatever you want in the universe mm. how you're treated mm. once yeah. you go outside you know the exactly. confines of your own mm. house is how racial injustice mm. and systems of domination manifest themselves so again i'm not saying that we shouldn't make choices about our identity but for me they always are about well how does that impact these racial dynamics Mm. these these matters of social injustice Mm. so I think that we always have to have some kind of consciousness about our identifications and understand how they play out so Mm -hmm. in family contexts sometimes yeah, the white family does accept, you know, the little the little mixed child or whatever it is. <laughs> mm. And we have to be courageous enough to say, well, is that a kind of exotic objection, mm. you know, um, mm. objectification Token. of that? Yeah, yeah. Is, it, is it a tokenistic acceptance? Mm. Or is it that that person genuinely doesn't have a problem yeah. with people of mm. colour, mm. you know, more yeah. broadly? Mm. You know, because I think our familial relationships are sometimes where we have to challenge these issues mm. and like it, it's sometimes yeah, that's, that. yeah no, no but, it, but, it's, but it's, it's painful I mean yeah, yeah, it really yeah. is because that it I mean mm, I think you said yeah. it best it, it's painful mm. like to have to look at one's relatives and know that they're gonna love you or dislike you because of some random Mm. ideology Mm. that has nothing to do with who you are as a human being and Mm. those familial ties Mm. those are the difficult journeys that racism creates yeah Yeah. Mm. but i think as well for like in regards to like this like this opening up maybe to a different context but like in regards to like for me, there's like media, like notions of beauty and all these mm-hmm. sorts of things. Yeah. Like for me, because my most of my family Bermuda are dark skinned, and yeah. my mother is dark skinned, and for me that like she, I thought she was like the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. So I used to want to tan and be mm. dark, and in the summer yeah. I was just like the darker I could get, the more I looked like my mum yeah. because I thought she looked like a, I thought she yeah. was perfect and she looked like a model. And it was only when I got like. And then I started to be confronted with, like, mainstream, like, yeah. you know, fashion media and stuff. And I was like, why are there people that look like her? Like, yeah. I don't, I didn't, like, I was really, like, that's when I felt it, really. Like, yeah. I felt yeah. really, like, 
almost like a a dirt, like a like a void, like a like mm. that there wasn't like that I wasn't seeing that acknowledged like publicly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like absolutely, and, absolutely. Um, and I think so for me that bec- like that became a real like. Mm. It still is a real bugbear, like... Yeah, and again, yeah, exactly, because I feel that, like, in the media now, and I'm old enough to remember the differences, like, now it's all fashionable to be mixed, yeah. like, you're all exhausted, mm. and it's all cool, and Fandy Newton, yay, and, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. everyone, fabulous, <laughs> fabulous, right, but yeah. when I was young, <laughs> the whole wild hair was not cool, mm. you know, the, this whole resurgence of the kind of yeah. exotic mulatto that we're seeing in mm. the 21st century... Although it's nicer to see one, at least some people of colour in the media, I think that we have to be very wary of being seduced mm-hmm. by that perpetuation of the kind of... Uh, the of right a mixed, type of... Yeah, yeah a certain color mix color, of, yeah. yeah, a right kind yeah. of shade of beige. Yeah, exactly. That, and and you're kind like, of match with everything. It's not too black. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But black that enough we, to be cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ex- yeah. exactly. That we have to <laughs> not... not not celebrate it in a way that is complicit with yeah, those yeah, racist yeah, ideals yeah, yeah. that it still stands yeah, yeah. on. And I think that's particularly for women because it really, the mixed discussion typically really is about mixed women. Mm-hmm. And it's really mm-hmm. about who mm-hmm. controls who's stuff. Yeah, yeah, because if you look stuff, at like men, it's you know, like I don't know if I can say that on air, but, and all the, like, yeah. you know, it's all, it's a whole range for the men. But with the women, you don't see that same range of like what's considered. But again, like, in terms of how people are treated yeah. in society, mixed race men are treated as black men, right? Yeah. They're yeah. not actually treated. The conversation about even, no, like, take the, so. take the Mark Dobbin yeah. No, I, right. I, I think on that, I just think that sometimes there's a, a bit of, I've spoken to some mixed race guys and I think there's something to do with masculinity, so to oh, be yeah, a real absolutely. black man. Oh, yes, yes. But I, I sometimes think that, you know, mixed-race guys or men are seen as pretty boys or yes. almost kind of more effeminate or something. So I think there is a complexity yeah, around... Yeah, no, I, I'm not suggesting there isn't a colorism within the male population. Yeah. What I'm saying is that the mixed-race ideal and the mixed-race mainstream conversation mm-hmm. is essentially around the women woman. because racism is really about which set is it's a patriarchal system i think it's important that we have to understand that these systems of domination are interlocking right it's the male gaze and it's patriarchy that plays its role yeah and patriarchal ideology is about who controls who's coochie at the end of the day i don't know if i can say that you can say (laughs) (laughs) and so women become the objectified um thing that needs yeah. to be controlled in mm-hmm. a patriarchal system yeah. so mm. their mixing and closeness to mm. whiteness and their ideals of beauty are what matter in yeah. not matter mm-hmm. as if i'm not saying matter as in the male discussion doesn't matter but yeah. i'm saying that's really the the focal okay. point and so part of what we have to push back on is not just racism but patriarchy yeah. the yes. whole objectification mm-hmm. of yeah, women yeah, yeah, yeah. period <laughs> because yeah, if true. you look at the beauty industry now Right, where mix is becoming the new, you know, is the new ideal. I wonder, well, why is that? You know, why is it that suddenly within my lifetime we've seen this switch from, oh, you're ugly mutts hybrid, what are, you know, whatever, yeah. nuts yeah. things. Why is it suddenly the same hair that was there in the 80s, mm. the same colours that but were there in the 80s, it's why are they so fashionable mm-hmm. now? And I think it's money. Because, and I, this is just my looking and hypothesising yeah. about it, right, I think, well, what the beige, I call it the beige beauty ideal does, Mm -hmm. is it expands the market. It creates an ideal that everyone Mm -hmm. can buy into. So if you're a white woman Mm -hmm. and I need you to buy beauty products, you can 
buy your tan, you can get your butt implants, you can curl your hair or straighten it. If you're black, you can get your fading creams, you can contour and you can do whatever you... So it provides a middle ground, whereas when you have... Or the moisturiser. Yeah, you can do moisturiser. Exactly, mixes in the minority. So for me, it's a cynical economic shift that actually expands beauty markets because there was some research done, I think in the late 90s, where... It was a study of African-American women. And mm-hmm. what the study found was that because they were so far from the white beauty ideal, they just didn't buy into all that product no, buying because it was thing, like, yeah. it's too unreachable. I, mm. I can't, I can't get from step. here. I can't, <laughs> I, can't, yeah, I can't get from here to there. It's just not going to happen for me. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so they and didn't buy into that. They didn't I, buy I into that. halfway. Yeah, that yeah, conditioning, yeah. right? That, that yeah. leads women to go and buy hairspray and makeup and bloody blah 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 right we've and likewise <laughs> with white women you already we already know that the conditioning is that black women are ugly anyway right mm. but if you put this little tan mixy something buffer in the middle you now expand the beauty and fashion industries such that women have a neutral but reachable regardless of your racial mm. type so if you think of all the people who are fed you know from JLo to Halle Berry to mm. Kim Kardashian mm. they're all, they're, they're ambiguous, all a little bit ambiguous mm. but kind of not so they fit the exo- that history mm. of the kind of exotic female but they're also reachable from mm. the yeah. gambit mm. of racial <laughs> angles yeah. if you like so for me I think that again it's understanding racism as a is as deeply connected as Eric Williams says to economics. Mm. Yeah. And when it, you, but what, a, what, what really hurts me is like coming out of Jama Kenyatta Airport at, mm. in Kenya, big billboard, lightning cream, oh, God, going yeah. to the village yeah. oh. where my family are, them touching my hair yeah. and being like, you're so lucky, lucky. Yeah. you're so but lucky. Me too, and it's just... And it's like, I'm just like, you are beautiful mm. and I can't, but nothing I say yeah, is going to make a blind dif- yeah. bit of difference in this world that we're living yeah. in, mm. where your beauty isn't acknowledged as mine is. And yeah. that, that breaks my heart, yeah, you know? Yeah, it is. Yeah. But like, because I've done, I've worked like in um, both like Afghanistan and India and also mm. like Pakistan. And it was like, that lightning thing is definitely yeah. a thing mm. there as well. So, so like, I remember like the, like, because obviously strong sun and for me, yeah. like, and if I, you know, I would get darker, and they'd be yeah. like, oh, used to be so painful. Oh, used to be. People have, like, be. and I'm like, people say yeah. it's outrageous. Yeah. Yeah. It's outlast. Yeah. 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 I know people think this stuff, but yeah. they don't have the nerves. <laughs> Or like, um, or like, because I, because I, like, I, ha- I get hyperpigmentation because yeah. obviously, like, you know, different, you know, sometimes we have sensitive skin yeah. and we, have, we get, like, I get lots of moles and hyperpigmentation yeah. and then, like, I've had, like, a, you know, a treat, like, you know, just gone for a regular facial, mm. okay. like, say, in Pakistan and the lady's yeah. like, oh, I didn't know, if I'd known that, that you had such problem skin, oh, I would have oh, booked no. you for, like, a longer oh, section no. of time, oh, like, oh, 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 with oh, your, oh, like, like, you've made me you. feel oh, so oh, great. Oh, <laughs> where I felt more like most at ease because mm. I looked like like, looked like other people. yeah like yeah. and I wasn't like so I could just blend and there was no like no one really there was no need for anybody to know and no one yeah. ever asked me in any of those places what my really? background no oh. what my background yeah. is or anything just because like I'm similar cut like you know yeah. within the color spectrum that they're 
used to and accustomed to. Mm. So I'm just like automatically. Although it was funny because when I first went, the first trip I went there, there was a big um, mix up because like, and I was a bit nerve wracking anyway, coming out, mm. you know, getting out of the airport in Kabul yeah, and trying to meet somebody. Say, yeah. And like <laughs> the guy who was coming to meet me, like mi- missed me. And then I was like, where? And then I had to find, I get had to get someone because I was calling and I didn't yeah. have the right call and whatever. And finally somebody helped me and I called him. But it's because like he was looking for Melanie Eddy from England. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know. I had that happen Melanie to me. Eddie that he was looking I've for. Had that to me. <laughs> oh, he walked oh, right yeah, by no, me. Walked right by yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. When really I was first, yeah. I went to the United States on a basketball scholarship. And before I went, I was in contact with a coach um, from a junior college in Arizona. Uh-huh. And someone had said, oh, there's this great point guard in England. You need to get contact with her. So I was trying to get my little scholarship, my little hoop dream set up. So I had been Go calling on. him. No, but we had been on the phone, you know, negotiating and talking about, you know, me coming out there and trying to come out. And so we'd been having, a, you know, had a series of conversations. Yeah. And then we were on the phone and he was like, well... Um, you know, it's really great. We'd, we'd like to get you out here, but there's one thing I've got to tell you. So I'm thinking, oh, I, 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 okay. Um, I've just got to let you know that the majority of the players are black. <laughs> well, yes! <laughs> I got some news for you! It's Gabby from England, right? So he oh. had no idea that's what it was. We he, he hadn't never seen me before because we'd just been calling, right? And yeah. this was before <laughs> Skype and all that kind of yeah, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. So, so he, you know, he was like, you know, I'm, you know, I hope you're okay with that. <laughs> you know, I hope that's not going to be a problem. Wow. You know, it, so I was like, well, you do realise that I am too, you know, I hate to break it to you. <laughs> like I never went what, to that team. No, to... I never went to that team in the end because of that. But, um, I got a better offer, but I wouldn't have gone because of that. But anyway. what did he do on the phone? To, like, he, there was like this silence, silence. <laughs> and he kind of brushed over. Like, oh, okay, that's good then. Okay, so yeah, like perfect. Yeah, like wonderful. Okay, we can all get on. Then. We cannot, yeah. But the English. Oh my gosh, yeah. that is. It was hilarious. I was like, oh, I can't believe my ears. Oh my gosh. Wowza. And as we recovered from our giggles, that's where I've chosen to pause the conversation. Tune in to part two to see how it develops.